Hello everyone. Welcome once again to Ruth is Stranger Than Fiction. This week, uh, we is I, we is I, <laughs> Joe McPhee. I is Joe, and who else is we? Me, Katie, and Vin. And Vin is here. It's Joe, Katie, and Ruth, the classic trio. Yeah, yeah we're back. Some of our finest episodes, I think, <laughs> have been the classic trio. Right back at the start, Witches of War Boys was the three of us. More recently, Peas and Hall. Best when we drink had ever when we had peas and all the excellent pea based <laughs> drink and subsequently we've discovered peas in your cocktail is very trendy yes. yeah it's been in magazines the so thing. it shows ahead of her game trendy drink lady you're a trendsetter drink some could setter. say yeah a trendy drink setter yes that was in the peas and hall murder episode if you haven't heard that go and have a listen and see about our pea based cocktail anyway the trio's back and we're doing murders again because I know that's kind of, you guys like that yeah, sort of thing. Yeah, we like a murder. You like your murder books. We do. Your mysteries. <laughs> as long as we're safe in our house, not out there with the murderers. Exactly, exactly. So I thought this would be a good one for us. And it's also, this is about some murders that happened in North Norfolk. Mm. We like North Norfolk. And I think that there's going to be, especially for Joe, there'll be some place names that you recognise. Mm. Places that I know we've been together, in fact. So Very you can interesting. You can imagine the old days and the new days together. <laughs> side by side. Juxtaposed on top of each other, if you like, in that historical sort of a way. That good game of what used to be here. Exactly. Oh, it used to be Threshers. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> We'll shout, this used to be threshers about everything. <laughs> no, what we'll shout is, this used to be the murder cottages. Yes. Oh, gosh. I like that one a lot where you told me about the murder that was on King Street. And whenever I go past that chicken shop, yeah, now, the kebab every shop time now. I think, you just don't know, do you? Just serving your lovely kebabs, having a brilliant day. The murder of Alice Little Lorne. do you know. Yeah. You should go and tell them. Or maybe I'll just shout in the doorway every know. time. <laughs> murder! <laughs> So shall I, I'll commence. I know Joe's got a drink ready for us. I should just say Chris is here as well, but he probably won't speak today. But if you hear a low, a sort of a low, <laughs> I don't what? mean a mumble, like a I low. I thought you were going to say moaning. No, <laughs> a low in pitch, like a low, a speaking. Deep, deep down. A deep, low pitched voice. Just quiet in the background. That's Chris. Okay. North Norfolk. I hope you might agree with me. One of the loveliest parts of East Anglia. Yeah, I mean, in a world where it contains Peterborough, I'm not sure that's that hot. Well, don't think of Peterborough. <laughs> <laughs> Beautiful coastline. Yes. Sandy beaches. Some. I mean, no cookie jar like Peterborough's got, but, you know. Salt marshes. Yes. Pinewoods. All very nice. Yes. Little fishing villages, market towns. Loads of those. Delightful. And historic poisonings. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and the first part of our story, we're going to hear about... Two different cases of poisonings which happened very close together in a small short period of time and were connected in a way which we will discover. The first part is called Bad Plum Cake. 
That's the worst part. It's, you've named it that. I've named it that. It's not historically known as no, the bad The case plum of the bad cake. plum cake. <laughs> That's what Christie would call it, wouldn't yeah. she? Yeah. Or Conan Doyle. Yeah, he'd, He's love, a bit, he'd love to call it the case of the... can be a bit whimsical, yeah. can't he? The case of the bad plum cake. <laughs> bad in what way? You know... We're going to find out. fail on Bake Off or... Soggy <laughs> <laughs> Bottom. Very stodgy. <laughs> well, I'll tell you one way for a start, is that I discovered that plum cake didn't even have plums in it. What? what? Apparently it's made of raisins. It's like mock turtle or something weird. I don't know. A raisins are a plum. No, it's not, is it? Anyway, so it's it's called plum cake, but I oh, learned well, that... Well, that poo-poo's my drink. Well, why don't we move on to your drink? <laughs> and I'm sorry to have poo-pooed, poo-pooed it, it. Right, Quick, right we'll off. put some raisins in it. <laughs> I hate raisins. Don't you go putting raisins in my drink. <laughs> okay, Joe. do you want to fetch your drinks and you can tell us about them and then we can commence the story? Indeed. I even got bloody plum in it. <laughs> I only discovered that after I'd already told you the plum-based clue. Oh, God. <laughs> uh, wrinkly brain. It has got a wrinkly brain at the bottom of the glass. Joe has brought us a champagne flute with a fizzy amber-coloured liquid, delicious, but lurking at the bottom of the glass is some sort of shriveled horror. Wrinkly brain. It's a plum. It's a plum. A shriveled plum. A pickled plum. A pickled plum. No, it's not pickled. Plum. I guess it's liqueured. Preserved Ooh, in the preserved. liqueur. It smells quite nice. It should it be nice. Delicious. So the, the plum, did the plum, you've mixed champagne here, I gather. Yes. And then the plum or a fizz of some sort. Yes, a yes. fizz, a fizz. And then there is a plum liquor. Mmm, it's a plum sake. Oh, a plum sake. You and me have got extra years. To our life? How- That's what I thought, magical patient. <laughs> Maybe the plum's life? Katie's is extra shisho. What shisho? We don't know. Unclear. Okay. <laughs> it, and- was, it was, mine was a pinkier colour though. Yours was in a green beautiful bottle that looked like something from a, an apothecary. Okay, well, <laughs> should we have a sippet of our extra years plum mm. juice? Have you got a name for it? Oh, yes. The poisoned plum. Nice. Oh, it's delicious. That's really brilliant. Mm. Thank you, Joe. That's Ooh. excellent. Oh, it's got me up the sides of my mouth. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it got you? the tingle. Can I just ask, is a mixing of sake and a fizz a recognised thing? Not an average sake, but a, this is a liqueur. So a that liqueur would be sake. acceptable Yeah, this to isn't, do. I think this is a known cocktail. Okay, lovely. I've yeah, it tastes good. renamed it. Okay, well, shall we begin? It was early December of 1832... And a man named William Wright was struck down by a terrible and agonising illness. Dear. Straight in. William had been out on a job, taking a load of corn to Clay, some ten miles from his home in Whiten in North Norfolk, which we know the name of. Whiten? Whiten. It's just between Wells Next to the Sea and Walsham. Ah, Walsham. What you call it. (laughs) So William was taking this corn to Clay and he made it to Clay, but once he got there he started to complain of terrible stomach pains. writhing about on the floor and he was unable to make it home back to his home village was he on a cart he'd come on a cart with a trusted horse you're thinking he could have got on the horse gone back home i don't know i was just wondering what was best at this point well he was writhing in the hay apparently in a barn just writhing on the floor a local surgeon was called for and william was taken guess where he got taken walsham no where do they always take you it's the pub (laughs) (laughs) I thought you were doing place names. No, sorry, sorry. It's just how um, how in these stories yeah, everything, everything happens yeah. in the pub. So he got taken by the surgeon to the um, local pub to be examined. Do we know its name? No. Oh. We'll make it up. The suspicion was cholera. Oh, dear. Not possession. 
And everyone in Clay <laughs> was terrified that they too would catch it. Do you know the symptoms of cholera? Can you guess any? No, I don't. I, vomiting. Writhing. Uh, out, <laughs> out all ends. Diarrhea, certainly. Definitely. Yeah. Stomach pains, fatigue, dehydration. All things that you could, you know, this was happening in this case. If they're William. worried they're all going to get it, you want to get them out of the pub pronto. Well, that's true. And it wasn't an unfounded business. suspicion because actually at the time, London was in the midst of a cholera epidemic in the early 1930s. And that had spread from the colonies in India, apparently. Bad water supply, And had come over to the UK. And the first cases were diagnosed in Britain in 1831. And it spread throughout London. And in the end, the cholera epidemic in London in the 1930s claimed an estimated 4,000 to 7,000 victims. Wow. But that's quite a broad estimate, isn't it? <laughs> well. 4,000 to 7,000. I but guess. But then all those... You don't know. All those people in London that aren't accounted for and yeah. are illiterate and are in the poor house and then escape the poor house and... So it wasn't an unreasonable thought to think William's got cholera. Which year are we in again? Sorry. We're in 1932. Oh, so we are, yeah. right. We're just... No, 1832. Sorry, 1832. Oh, it's only the beginning and I'm already getting my <laughs> 19s. My 19s in there. So things were looking pretty bad for William. So his wife, Mary, was called for summoned to come and see him because they all thought this is the end we'll get her to come and say goodbye here's a bit about mary she'd lived all her life in whiten at this point she was late 20s she'd been married younger than i thought she's quite young she'd been married to william for about three years at this point he was a bit older but only a few years older they're always older at this point yeah always older and it was lucky that they called her to say her final goodbyes because... Oh no. It was the final goodbye. It was the final goodbye. And it's very sad because it was the second bereavement Mary had suffered that year. Their pair had some children. I'm not sure how no. many, but one of the children, three-year-old Samuel, had died earlier in the year. So tough. a tough time for Mary at this stage. More tragedy is to await. Yet more tragedy. For Mary? For Mary. There was no beer in the pub. It was a bleak. (laughs) (laughs) A poor show. Luckily, they had some plum sake, (laughs) which they offered her. So the now widowed Mary Wright returned home. The couple lived with Mary's father, Richard Darby. Strong name. Strong Mm. name, Richard Darby. Not a strong man, though. Oh, dear. Is he an invalid, too? She expected to come home to have to break the news of William's death to Richard. But worse... During her absence, Richard too had succumbed to what? illness. And Is he, he writhing on the floor? He was gone. He's oh, gone too. Dead already. Writhing. Mary had missed his illness and now he was that dead. That was quick, wasn't it? Quite quick. But we don't quite know how long she was gone uh, for. But That's true. She might not have had a cart. So that's no, a bad no, scene. Husband and father dead in a matter of days. Children? Children, okay. Apart from Samuel, who'd already died. Mm. So what could have happened? Was it cholera, as everyone thought? Everyone, that is. Apart from Mary. Oh. <laughs> she knew exactly what had happened. Because she done it. Mary. She <laughs> just gone screw it. all of you. Well, in a way, it's bad for Mary still. So Mary... <laughs> I'll tell you killed some people. It will be you, bad. I'll tell you why it's bad. So <laughs> before the journey, before William's journey, taking this corn, Mary had given him two plum cakes as provisions. That's a weird pack lunch. Off you go, love. Here are two cakes. I guess you can tie them up in a bit of cloth. 
<laughs> and then you just can like bite off chunks. Put them over your shoulder. But maybe some bread or a pie or a cheese, not yeah. a cake. Hunk of cheese. Well, why do you think she might not have wanted to give him cheese? Because you, you can't poison, poison. cheese. Mm, hard to poison a chunk it's of really cheese. It's really hard because even when you put a cat tablet in it. Exactly. They, they still know, they don't, don't they? They still know. They don't They're want to eat fools. it. No. <laughs> Before the journey, Mary had given him two plum cakes as provisions. What she didn't realise was that her father was going to assist William with the first part of the journey. Oh. So off went William and Richard a few days prior, got a little bit of the way out of the village, and then Richard was like, right, off you go, I'll turn back here. And William said, oh, I've got these cakes, why don't we eat them now? Oh, Cripes. Inadvertently, Mary had also murdered her father. I mean, so she was horrified when she got back. <laughs> Absolutely horrified. I mean, if you're murdering anyone, though, you've got to imagine that there's, you, you know. there's potential for getting it wrong. Uh, well, that's also especially the problem with poisoning, isn't it? Mm. Because once you put the poison in the food, you really, the control is less over who's actually going to eat that poison. Whereas if you're just, you know, stabbing somebody. You pretty much know who it harder is. Harder to stab the wrong person, unless maybe you've crept in at night and they're in bed and yeah. you're stabbing them. But what if they've for some reason gone in someone else's bed or someone else's in their bed? And sometimes people shoot the wrong person, don't they, because of the same thing? You're in the distance. Yeah. Oh, they were wearing the They're facing the, the other way. Yeah. Oh, their hair looked the same as another person's hair. You said that as if you, you had Yeah, experience. something has happened. <laughs> Last <laughs> time I was shooting someone, I got confused with the coat and then it was all, yeah. So anyway, it was bad for Mary because she'd deliberately killed her husband and not deliberately so killed her father. So she didn't want the dad gone? No. Did she kill Samuel? Oh, no, I don't think Ooh. so. I don't, as far as I can tell, there's no suggestion that she killed Samuel. She took against all the men. I don't know, I just won, yeah. Um. Anyway, she escaped suspicion at first. Initially, nobody thought, oh, this is a bit strange because of the cholera epidemic, all that kind of thing. People thought, well, they'd spent some time together. They'd obviously both got the same illness. The two men were buried at Whiten Churchyard on December the 4th. But a chance remark from Mary's friend Sarah Hastings was to prove Mary's undoing. Sarah. Sarah Hastings commented that she'd travelled with Mary to Wells Next the Sea just a few days before the deaths and that while there Mary had purchased some arsenic. Oh, oh. Mary. She said it was for killing rats. That's what they all say. That is what they all say. And that is, for a lot of them, that was what they were doing <laughs> with the arsenic, but not in every case. It seems far more people were killing people, though, than... <laughs> you don't know how many rats there were. Well, we hear more about the people deaths. That's true. Yes, maybe if someone did a podcast about the rat deaths, then it might be... <laughs> and I don't know where or to whom Sarah revealed this information, but for dramatic effect, I like to think it was at the funeral. Mm. As, you know, they were being buried and then Sarah Hastings just says something like, oh... We were just in Wells Next the Sea the other day. And, we, uh, good place to pick up some arsenic. Exactly. <laughs> we know Wells very well. Yes, do we do. Do you know where? Where in Wells was it picked uh, up a, the, the, You would buy arsenic from a chemist's. Oh. I imagine the fancy deli on the front. <laughs> that could have been a chemist. Or just, I imagine it still sells arsenic. I mean, oh, would we you know... like some fancy manchego? <laughs> Here, a bit of arsenic to go with it. We know you can't squash the arsenic oh, into yes. the manchego. <laughs> But you maybe if you sprinkled it on top. Yeah, on, on like you know, oh, here's a nice sour bread sandwich in the middle. Bit of arsenic. <laughs> well, we know in Wells that the Stave is it called Stave Street, which is the the kind of one where all the shops are now. It was not the original High Street, no. and the old High Street is kind of in, isn't it? In yeah. a bit from that, so yeah. I would imagine it was probably 
on that old high street that there would have been a chemist. Oh, I didn't know that. It wasn't mm. there. And if you walk along the old high street in Wales, mostly now it's... Holiday lets. Mm. Holiday lets, but you can see that it would have been, like you can see the old shop front windows, so you can tell that it would have been pubs or it would have been shops because of the, yeah. the kind of the way that the houses are built and the, the windows, especially the big windows at the front. And the chemist would keep a register as well of people who bought arsenic. Just in case this sort of I situation think so, yeah. arose. Yeah. There was some attempt to control these dangerous substances. You could surely have given a false name. Maybe everyone knew your face. If you went a mm. lot, they'd probably know you, wouldn't they? So, she said it was to kill some rats. But unfortunately for Mary, poor foolish Mary, she had also asked Sarah Hastings how much arsenic she thought might be needed to kill a human. <laughs> Okay, that's just stupid. Mary. Maybe she thought Sarah Hastings would keep her secrets better. Sarah Hastings is clearly a blabbermouth, and I think she should be... <laughs> a blabbermouth. <laughs> so that was... Once people heard that, they were like, hang yeah. on, hang that's on That's like looking at your Google history and seeing... Exactly, exactly. How much arsenic. <laughs> <laughs> and a further purchase had also been made in Wales, and that was some raisins. All the ingredients needed to make a poisoned plum cake. I'm still not okay with the fact that plum cake has not got plums in it. Yeah, I mean, I'd say a plum is one of those ingredients, but... (laughs) (laughs) I don't know why it's called a plum cake. Uh, And whilst they're in Wales, this is, you know, just a a kind of a side thing, but it will come back to haunt us later. Mary had made another visit in Wales to a woman named Hannah Shorten. Hannah Shorten was around 60 years of age and she was known as a cunning woman or a wise woman. What do you know of cunning women? What do you think she would have been... Known for herbs, <laughs> some herbs. herbs. We're just keen on the herbs. Herbs, yeah. Remedies, yeah. Oh, I don't want this baby or these rats. <laughs> they just you know day to day problems. I love potion. Don't mix up the uh, yeah. remedies for the <laughs> the two things. Yeah, so that kind of thing, charms. Yeah, like herbal remedies, enchantments, things to ward off the evil eye, bad luck, that kind of thing. She was known for those sorts of things. One of her remedies, weirdly, involved burning arsenic with salt. And this was apparently supposed to make a spell to have your wishes granted. Mm-hmm. Oh. So arsenic had another use other than... Can you even what burn happens if salt? You ask, also, what happens if you breathe in arsenic? If it's in I the don't think attitude. anything. Okay. You would have to, um, you have to ingest it. And also the thing with arsenic is you have to ingest it in a high enough quantity mm. because if you ingest small amounts of arsenic, you'll get sick, but it won't necessarily kill you. But you might remember, listeners, and Joe and Katie, <laughs> but also listeners, you might remember from when we've talked before about arsenic is because it's a um, metallic poison Mm. not an organic poison it will stay in your body so you can cumulatively build up enough arsenic to kill you whereas with organic poisons if it wasn't enough to kill you it's going to just pass out of your body whereas the arsenic will just linger Mm. linger in there and then you can kind of top it up if you like so you can do that sneaky thing of a little bit a little bit a little bit and giving yourself a bit too so it doesn't look suspicious so you also get a bit sick but then you're like oh we were all sick it wasn't me but you have to be confident about your levels to do that Mm. i think because you don't want to mary would have been confident after asking sarah sarah the expert on that (laughs) (laughs) maybe hannah shorten was the expert yes we will never know what Hannah said to Mary because she wasn't called to testify at the trial. So there's nothing on record about what they discussed. Oh. So we don't know if it was an arsenic remedy. We don't know if it was, was it, a charm. Was it mentioned in court, though? 
No, I don't think it was. You just know, you know this bit. We know, we know now, we know now. So Sarah's revelations meant that the bodies were not in the ground for long. They were dug up just four days after the funeral and examined by Mr Bell, the chemist from Wells, who was (laughs) all, in all probability, the same person that sold her the arsenic. He opened up and went, well, look, there's my arsenic in there. (laughs) I recognise these grains. (laughs) (laughs) We'll see later as well that that's fairly common that the chemist would have been doing these investigations because they need some tests that they could do to test the presence of certain substances. Everyone was so multi-skilled. Chemist. Arsenic tester. Dead body cutter. (laughs) There's a proper word for that. I don't know if he got the whole body or if he just got the stomach. If someone else specialised in the slicing and they got the stomachs to Mr Bell. Maybe that was the butcher. (laughs) Everyone's, yeah. Or in Wells, a fishmonger. (laughs) Yes. More fish than meat, I'd say. While we're on the subject of fishmongers in Wells, (laughs) can you remember the name of the fish van we always see no is it okay. sharky and george like the one in cambridge that i see quite often <laughs> no but it's it will come back later to maybe we'll sharky and george could help with this <gasps> what with them being the crime busters of the sea you could use sharky's sharp dorsal fin to slice open the body yes and then george can sniff out the arse what sort of fish is george i can't I remember absolutely no idea george does he's small though yes what does he do oh he's got a clever one is he Sharky's is it the classic? Sharky's a big, yeah. brute. big, strong brute, small, clever person. Small, clever fish. What is George? Can't even remember what colour he is. Nope. What does he look like? Small. Is he round? He's probably round. Like a small pink it, fish. I'm, is so he? I'd say in my mind he's become Nemo. I yeah, <laughs> I'm thinking of Nemo. Sharky as and well. Nemo. We'll check later. We'll check later. So bodies, arsenic, stomach. So Mr. Bell found the raisins from the cake. Were in the stomach. Oh, well, they're still in there. And he also found the arsenic. In the raisins. Yes. All about the place. <laughs> because the raisins I, not, was with the rest of the cake digested, but the raisins didn't. I guess raisins maybe take a bit longer to digest. Because there wasn't God, much time for anything to digest. Me. <laughs> Hundreds of raisins in their case. How many raisins have you eaten today? Well, I buy bags of them for Netball Club. And then I think, oh, I'll buy two lots so I don't have to buy them again next week because it means I have to but stop then at you the eat them all. But then during the week, I eat all the ones for the next netball club. How many raisins do you think you eat in a week? I get through quite a lot of packets. The li- you know, the little boxes. So I buy the little boxes for netball. The Quaker club. ones? Do the Quakers make those? Um, well, I buy the Asda version. I don't think I'm the Quakers cheap. make them. Are there 50 in a box? Raisins? I don't no, know. No, 30. I think you're eating more raisins than you <laughs> They're just there. <laughs> now you know they're lurking in your stomach. They're really days. bad for your teeth as well, raisins. Because oh. they're so sugary. And they just stick to them. God. Why are you eating but they're, them? Because they're in my classroom. <laughs> and then I'm just like, oh, I'll just eat a few raisins. Get some cashew nuts. Much okay. better. Much better. Can't put arsenic in a cashew You can't nut. have a nut in a school. Oh, God, mm. that's true. You that's can't true, have a nut true. in a school, can you? Not even one type of nut. No. No nuts in schools these days. Pine nut. That's, well, we're not, not a nut. No, but pine, but, but we don't know. But uh, but also, well, the peanuts nuts aren't nuts. Nuts. No, and they're the worst kind yeah. for oh, the poisoning of the children. No, the school chef makes her own pesto without pine nuts in it. What's in it? Cheese and basil, the best bits. <laughs> And that sounds like a plum cake kind of <laughs> I mean, but as long as it's got cheese in it, does anyone care what else is in it? I'd say the basil is important. Because, yeah, that's yeah. what it's got yeah. cheese and basil. It's got the best bits. Yeah. Shall we return to the stomach? Yes. yes. Sorry. That's fine. So the stomach contained the arsenic. This was obviously quite incriminating. And hundreds of raisins. Hundreds of raisins. And Sarah Hastings had 
I don't know, wittingly or unwittingly, basically dropped Mary in it. The first half of what she said, that could be unwitting. The second half, she must have known what yeah, she was yeah. doing. And I think once they found the raisins and then... And maybe she was scared, you know, maybe Mary turns up on her door. I've made you a plum cake. Yeah, shoved it in her face. <laughs> <laughs> so Mary was arrested and she was eventually tried at Norwich Castle after being held in prison in Walsingham. Walsham. Oh, we fancy been... to go all the way to Norwich. Sorry. I was going to say, we might have been to that prison. Yes, we have, actually. There's yeah. a funny little... You have to go and get the key from a shop, don't you? You get the key from the Priory? Yes, and then there's an old... It's Museum is really much too much of a word, but it's a kind of... An old dungeon. It's, it's, and then they've made, like, some fake people in them haven't they like really bad wax work i don't even remember that i just chris remember do you remember dank, chris is greens. nodding oh. i mean that i don't awesome. and yeah. you have to go and get a key from and then you just let yourself in and you go and look into these and it's behind an antique shop yeah it quite spooky quite dank that's <laughs> my hair would frizz <laughs> it's yeah it's not i wouldn't say it's that spooky because i think that the quality of the waxwork prisoners is <laughs> it's low <laughs> I don't know if they even made a wax. They could be cardboard. (laughs) So she was kept there until it was time for her trial. For how long do we know? Could have been a while, couldn't it? Because they they weren't regular. I don't think it was long. Just a couple of months. Just a couple of months. Just a couple of months in that dank cream. In that dank cream. And she apparently confessed while she was in Walsham, but then pleaded not guilty at the trial. So she did the confession and then she must have changed her mind about wanting to admit... And here's an interesting fact. She was only tried for the murder of William Wright, her husband, not not for the murder of her father. Because it was unintentional. I guess so. But she she did cause it. Mm. That's still like manslaughter or something, isn't it? Because all... Yeah, she still put plum poisoned... She made a poison cake. On purpose. On purpose, exactly, in the knowledge that it would kill somebody. Anyway, but they decided not to prosecute her for the murder of her father. So she just went to trial for the murder of William. Did she say why she'd done it? A bit more information began to come out about the relationship between the two. Is William a rotter? A wretch. I don't think he is. I think uh, Mary's a rotter. <laughs> or a, not a rotter, but just a wrong and an unhappy person. Further information came out that cast Mary in quite a sort of a disturbing light. I um, bet she did kill Samuel. Well, it was it was agreed by all that Mary had been having a really hard time since Samuel had died. Oh, okay, sorry. Very understandable. Very understandable. But they also said, well, she was a bit already a bit a bit of a wrong one. She was already a bit strange before he died, and that kind of exacerbated things. Neighbours said later that she'd been known to start fires in the house, setting fire to chairs, on one occasion setting fire to a tablecloth. In her own house? In her own house. Mm, It was known that her mother had some years earlier spent 18 months in an asylum, so there was some talk of was it a kind of inherited madness and inherited mania that Mary had. She also apparently suffered from terrible jealousy Mm. and made comments on several occasions about ending William's life when she thought that he had slighted her or was looking at other women. On one occasion, she told a friend she would kill William if he gave some fish to a woman that Mary considered a rival. <laughs> I, know, I mean, if you're if giving someone some that fish... <laughs> oh, there's going to be trouble, she said. Another time, she said she'd run him through with a knife. Ooh. Who's she saying all this to? Sarah Hastings? <laughs> Sarah Hastings, probably. <laughs> and nobody really took the threat seriously at the time. They just thought, oh, crazy Mary. But... 
more fool them because she, she did go on to kill him. Fires, though. I feel like yeah, that. yeah. It's not a great sign, is it? <laughs> but I don't suppose mental health provision in uh, North Norfolk no. in 1832 was particularly brilliant. <laughs> so we never will quite know for sure, but there was obviously there were some earlier signs that there had been problems in Mary's life. So she was found guilty and sentenced to death. But then she announced in what the papers called at the time a hysteric fit, that she was pregnant. Mm. Oh. Cheeky. How long ago had he died? So he died in December, and now we're in, like, spring. Okay. It's possible. Yeah. It's possible. Oh, no, prison guards as well. Oh, no. Well, we've all seen the statistics. Have we? What? It's been in the news a lot recently. <laughs> and in the news a lot recently, it's been the news that a lot of women prison guards are sleeping with male in Oh, I have seen that, yeah. And then having babies and then... Madness. Having time off work. Yes, I have <laughs> seen that because... Um, I haven't I've seen that at all. Some of the... So colleagues would say, they've interviewed some people and they would say, oh, you could tell something was up because, for example, if I worked with Joe at the prison... I'd be like, oh, Joe started coming in and she, you know, you'd notice she started wearing nicer clothes or she'd like had her hair done to come into work or she was wearing perfume. And all you're doing is going to work with prisoners all day. Mm. And, you know, they would notice that things were changing. And anyway, yeah. Oh. There was a thing about people liking it because you can still go home and have an evening by yourself after your day. <laughs> well, you've got all the power. But yeah. that's the problem. Yes. It's not okay. It's not okay for the prisoners. It's not okay for anyone. No. Dearie me. Anyway, hopefully it wasn't that. Um, Sorry. And I think yes. by, the, by the dates, it, it could have been Williams. So she announced she was pregnant. So people were a bit like, well, you would say that because you don't want to be executed. So there were the first, uh, some matrons examined her and they said, oh, no, she's not pregnant. But she was so insistent that they were like, well, we, sh- we should see if someone else can examine So after some doctors looked at her too, the pregnancy was confirmed and the execution was postponed. Would it be an execution by hanging? Yes, it would. Were you thinking, what, whip the baby out? I don't know where where you're going with that. (laughs) So so they stay, because you can't, you know, you can't in all good conscience. No. Then you're killing another. Then you're killing another. Yeah, Yeah. an innocent life. So she gave birth to a girl. She oh, called, so it was real? It was real. She gave birth to a girl she called Elizabeth in July of 1833. Now, at some point, and I'm not quite clear when, her sentence was reduced from death to transportation for life. Mm. Do the children go with her? No. Oh, no. No. So who's Also, who's been looking after the other children? Well, I don't know Sarah because Hastings? the father's dead. Yeah, and her, and her and granddad's dead. And there's no talk dead. of the mother, so... Well, the, the, yeah, oh, yes. the, the, every father is dead. And who knows where the mothers are? But it was not to be. Mary died while in prison in Norwich Castle, waiting for transportation in November of 1833. Did she die of cholera? It was nearly a year after the deaths of her husband and father. Interesting you should ask, Joe. The cause of her death was given as by the visitation of God. Wow. Which I think it means they don't really it's like, know. It's like when Zeus comes into a prison cell yeah. as a golden shower or a goose. It's not a goose, it's a swan, isn't it? Sorry. She was struck down. So so no one really knows why that means. It means like, well, she died. And also I feel like, well, she was about to be transported. They're not going to probably spend that much time looking into it, are they? Had Sarah Hastings just visited with yeah. a plum cake. I did think you were going to say a visitation of 
Sarah, Sarah Hastings. Hastings. No, the, it was by the visitation of God. And she was buried at the church of St. Michael at Thorn in Norfolk. And that's the end of the first part of the story. There lies the plum cake poisoner. There lies the and plum cake poisoner. We are on to a question. I was just about to say, I'm Do getting we scared eat now. The brain. I'm almost at the end. Chris, is, because Chris could reach the, his brain. I'm getting to the point when I drink it that the brain is starting to peep out of the drink at me. When you had it before, Joe, did you eat it? No. I think you should lick it. Ugh, that's worse somehow. <laughs> <laughs> lick the brain. I'm going to eat it. Well, but then... He rolled speak. at me. Just... He rolled down the glass when I tipped. Be careful in case it... Are you eating it? Yeah. Oh, my life. I'm going to have a nibble. How is that? Katie's just mm. eating her plum. Um, the face isn't great. It starts off being like a date or a raisin. And you then love it's... that then? Yes. You'll um, eat 50 of them in a day. I love dates too. Um, but then, it, interesting though, raisins, grapes and raisins are the same thing. But what's a date called when it's not dry? Just a fat date. It's still a date. Isn't that weird though? <laughs> Why does the name change? And um, isn't also, now, as a non-raisin eater, and I don't eat grapes unless they're in a wine, it's a mystery to me, this world. But is a currant also a grape? Oh, do you know what? I don't know. And what's a sultana? Oh, I love sultanas. They're the best Oh, ones. hang on. That's They're... what I meant. A current is just a current. Is it? What are these things? <laughs> they... But I think a sultana is a big fat grape that becomes a delicious sort. Because sultanas are the best ones. They're much better than raisins and currants. It... In order, sultanas first, then raisins, then currants. And grapes, where do they go in your pecking order? Oh, well, they were completely different. And then uh, have you frozen grapes and eaten those? Because that's brilliant. You can cut all this. I'm sorry, Chris. <laughs> uh, to go back to this... Joe, it is very interesting. It's chewier, but Ooh. then at the end there is a sour taste, I guess, which is the chewy. It's chewier than a date or a raisin, and there is a sour taste. Chewier even than a raisin. Yeah. To my mind, a raisin is very chewy. And at the end, quite sour. Yeah, but plums are more sour than dates or raisins. <laughs> I think I'm going to leave mine in the glass where it belongs. Yeah. I do find do. it genuinely scary when I tip to drink the last residues of my drink and the the plum, the shriveled plum comes rolling down the glass towards me. It does look a lot like Do a you brain. Imagine that you're Indiana Jones. <laughs> yes, it, I, it's um, got that. The boulder's coming at you. <laughs> it's as terrifying oh, no, as I that, yes. You meant because he's the monkey brain. <laughs> I thought that's where you were going with it. It's combined two Indiana Jones yeah. experiences into one tiny drink. Oh, we should be bad dates. Oh, bad, bad dates. We should brain. have called it the Indiana Jones. We called it the Indiana Jones and the poison plum. Is that every film? No, two of them are two of them are lost dark. Anyway, it was very a scary experience, as scary as a giant boulder that could crush me to death. <laughs> and seeing eating a that, monkey brain all at once. <laughs> seeing that shriveled plum rolling down the champagne flute towards my mouth. Luckily I closed it just in time. <laughs> and it couldn't get in. Well, that's the first part of the story, but there's a lot more that's in a sense, that's like the intro. It's like a um appetizer. To the main event. You've tickled our taste buds. That's yeah, the exactly. <laughs> Where's the poison going That's go the next? monkey brains. <laughs> next on to the stew of human flesh. Brilliant. Is that what they're eating in Indiana Jones? Chris says no. No, don't be so Snakes. racist. <laughs> Snails. Snake. I think they might eat a snake. I've heard snake is quite tasty, but I don't um, know who I've heard that from. We ate a snail last weekend. So oh God, we did. I we don't ate a snail. Know if I want to go to a snake. These snails came to us. They were called escargot because it was French. They came in a, a, what must be a special escargot yeah, container. That was the best thing about it. That they must be cooked in, which is kind of like, like a little pan, a ceramic pan, but with six holes. And in each hole was a, a snail with its garlicky butter. Were they good? I'd say. Was the garlic butter good? <laughs> 
Mainly the taste was garlic butter. And mm. the texture was chewy. But halfway through, I got the garlic butter ended and then a sort of muddy taste came. Ruth didn't get the muddy taste. Well, but... I didn't mind the taste of the snail. I think my problem was the texture of the snail. Yeah. However, I'm glad we tried them because I've never tried them before. It's we good to try new things. Yeah. It's good to try new things. Okay, well, shall I get... I think I'm doing second drinks, so shall I get that ready? Yeah. And then we'll go on to the... Um, Don't poison us. Then we'll go on to the main course. Nice. This has a sort of a thick liquid about it. Well, it's not very exciting, but it is tasty. It smells good. This is the classic Portuguese drink... White port and tonic. Oh, and I thought lazily, arsenic is white. What's a <laughs> what's a white drink? White port and tonic. I thought. So you're saying this is like an arsenic? Well, <laughs> I'm, I'm saying I was very busy researching the episode. <laughs> I thought you were going to say it's a tonic. Like we get a tonic from the wise woman in Wells. Oh yes, that would have been better. Hannah Shorten's tonic. Let's call it that. I was telling my friend Claire at work about this and she was like, oh, you should do a white Russian. And I thought, because it's white. And she said, because the Russians are always poisoning people. (laughs) And I said, we can't say that. Putin will come after us. He'll be right at you. Yeah. He's on his way now, he said. Oh, also, I do hate a white Russian. Because it's too creepy for you. (laughs) 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 To be clear. But yeah, so this is Hannah Shorten's tonic. I like it. white arsenic in it white uh, white port anyway it's tasty <laughs> it's tasty everyone it's perfect for a sunny day is what's really zingy mm. yeah zing we're zinged and it's got a mixer in which is good because i know sometimes well tonic because a lot of our drinks end up being a mix of one booze alcohol plus a different alcohol sometimes a third alcohol too yeah, yeah. if we're lucky a small squeeze of lime juice <laughs> the next part of the story is called the burnham murders death by dumpling I mean, I'm just picturing someone like lying on the floor, covered in so many goyosa that they like <laughs> they can never get up again. They can't breathe anymore. Yeah, I was thinking that first half of that quite boring after the plum case, the diaries. Burnham murders. What? But it's in Burnham, a well, Burnham. I, but that's boring. But then you the say case of death, death by dumpling. Death by the dumpling. Now you're excited. Yeah. Okay. Can well, we switch it round? I would. Okay. Just switch those two round. <laughs> Death by dumplings. Brackets the Burnham murders. Yes. Yeah. Okay. That's good. Now, that's good. That's good. That is. now we're we're on track, aren't we? So now we're going to Burnham Market. Mm. Fancy. I know about that. Tell me what you do you know about Burnham Market I and know. the other Burnhams. Tell me. There's a lot of Burnhams mm-hmm. in an area. Some of those Burnhams are better than others. They're all very close together. And this Burnham Market, we call bad Burnham. We do, although I think unjustly, because it's got quite a lot of good things in it. Yeah. It's got some nice restaurants. Yeah. Some pubs. Yeah. It's got a lot of uh, posh people. Well, that, yeah, that's what I was thinking. I thought it was fancy pants. I thought it was like all grown Southwold and all those ones and a bit like swanky. We just started to call it bad Burnham and then it's. We once, I'll tell you why, because I once. We were at Wells, staying in Wells next to the sea, home of Hannah Shorten. And I organised that we would do a slight, a bit of a tour along via the Coast Hopper bus. A Burnham road trip. Yes. And we would get off at different places. And I was like, well, if we get off here, I've read there's like a craft market. That's nice. If we get off here, there's a pub where they'll give you a pint of prawns. Oh, gosh, I love a pint of prawns. These were the things we'd been promised. Yeah. So 
I was directing us when to jump off the bus and that there's only one bus an hour because it's the North Norfolk coast. So you have to spend an hour in each place. And I think we it was slightly out of season. So it got to Burnham Market and I was like, quick, this is the next stop, quick, everyone off. And we all got off the bus. And then I was like, oh no, this wasn't. <laughs> this, <laughs> this is the wrong Burnham. This is the wrong Burnham. I think I thought we were going to Burnham Deepdale, for example. So then we were just stuck in Burnham Market with nothing to do. Not even a pint of prawns. Well, we went and just had a pint of beer. But at the time, we didn't realise that there were other good things in Burnham. For example, an excellent second-hand bookshop. Yeah. A grocer's, which is where I first saw a purple cauliflower. Yeah. So anyway, so that's how we called it Bad Burnham, but it was wrong to do so, I think. Anyway, so there's other Burnhams. Burnham Deepdale, Burnham Overy Stays, which is where the hero is, which is an excellent Lovely. Pub. But just to end the Burnham road trip story, at the end stop was a Burnham with the prawn. But we were, had been delayed by one extra. We had we were late to the prawn shop, and the, the prawn pub. There were no prawns. They said we've had an unusually busy day because it was an unseasonally warm weekend in March, mm. and all the prawns were gone. They were all gone. Mind you, you don't want hot prawns. If prawns have been in the heat. But I love it when a prawn's in a pint glass. Yeah, it's the best thing. <laughs> it makes it extra good. You know what? Thing. You can do that at home. Oh, it's not the same. No, it's not the same. It's true. Originally, there were seven Burnhams. Like the seven kingdoms. Exactly, like the seven, seven kingdoms. Seven and Burnham dwarfs. Market is not one of the original seven. What? Well, that's an extra one. Burnham, Burnham Market was made... Many years back now we're talking. And it was merged from three parishes of the original cluster. Burnham's Sutton, Westgate and Ulf. Ulf. And Ulf is the best Burnham name because that is from the old English word for wolf. Burnham wolf. That's brilliant. But Burnham Wolf got merged with Sutton and Westgate and became Burnham Market. Imagine if it was called Burnham Wolf. That would be super, wouldn't it? That would be brilliant. Less descriptive in the modern era as to what the cause of Burnham is. Anyway, so that's a bit of... The ham bit's like Hamlet and stuff, isn't it? It's a bit of Burnham chat for you. (laughs) If you ever fancy a Burnham day out, just get on that coast hopper. Enough of this historic Burnham talk. (laughs) What was happening in Burnham Market in 1835? Uh, Murder. Oh, murder. I was going to say market day. (laughs) I was too. Markets. Markets and murder. Murder. Okay. Murder at the markets. So it's three years later. Yes, it's three years later. But the Burnhams are not far at all from Whiten, so we're in the the same sort of small region. So it can't be Mary's new daughter doing the murders. No. Oh, but it could be one of her older children. I thought that too. But not the literal one. You think it's going to be revenge killing? Just Sarah Hastings (laughs) is going down. Sarah Sarah Hastings, I've made you a plum pie. Sarah Hastings has become unforeseen to me, an unlikely villain in the tale. (laughs) (laughs) I think she could have been a better friend. Or was she? I mean, was she scared? If you were that scared, you wouldn't tell the cops. Would you? Cops. you, if you tell if the you cops were, of Whiten. If you were medium scared, you might, though. True, true. So picture it now. It's Burnham, Burnham Market. There was a row of three cottages, and this was the old Burnham Westgate part of the town. And in the three cottages lived three families. I'm about to tell you a lot of names, so keep your wits about we're you. We're good at names. Yeah, we got it. Okay, cottage one. James and Francis Billing lived here. Or Fanny, as she was known. James was an agricultural labourer. At the time of the murders, Fanny was 46 and a washerwoman, well-liked enough around the town. She had had in total 14 babies. Wowzers! Six, however, had perished. 
And so the remaining eight lived in the cottage with them. Oh. I mean, that's still a lot of people in one cottage. Yes, that yes, ten a people. Lot of babies. Yeah, coming out. I mean, that's more than coming dwarfs. out of Fanny. <laughs> <laughs> that's her name. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to do it. <laughs> You've um, done it now, it's not going to So back Cottage in. 1 is quite busy. That's what the babies say. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Cottage 2 in the middle. Here lived Mary and Peter Taylor. No children. Peter was a shoemaker. No, but... come on, no, he can't. He, what can we call Taylor and be a shoemaker? <laughs> That's not all right. It's Taylor with a Y. Okay. <laughs> but apparently he didn't do much shoemaking anyway, and he made more money waiting tables and singing at local pubs. Including one of which was the Host Arms, which is still there on the green. And I think that's where we went the day of the Coast Hopper misadventure. The bad pub. Yes. Mm. I mean, it looks fine. I looked at some pictures. Looked all right in the pictures. I know we went there and saw it with our own eyes. Okay. So that's where Peter used to wait tables and sing. Is that like a combination thing or is that like a one than the other? You know, is he singing I going, imagine here's your pie? You're waiting. Or is he like, <laughs> let me have your pie? <laughs> <laughs> or does he like sing in the corner like with a I think he brings violin, you, whatever, fiddle? I think he brings you your pie and then he's like, oh, would you like to hear a song tonight? And then he shakes a tin. And then he sings a song and then you give him some... He serenades you. Possibly. Probably very annoying. Like the man in Cambridge who goes around yeah. with a jaunty jacket saying... Oh, do you want me to do a poem Can I be you? annoying and interrupt you with a poem? And you say, no, thank you. Anything but that. Yeah. <laughs> Just pass me the poison dumplings, please. <laughs> so that's Peter and Mary Taylor. What of Mary? Uh, not much mm. known. No news. No news. No news of Mary. Finally, in the third cottage, and this is above a carpenter's shop, bear in mind, oh. the Fairies. The Fairies! Now you remember about the Fishman. That's the Fishman. Oh. That's the Wells Fishman. It's the Wells Fish. Fishman. So it's probably the same, at some point, yes. the same Frary family. Because mm. it's, as I say, very close to Wells. And the Fairies were Robert and Catherine, known as Kate. So I'm going to call her Kate. And their three children. Robert was also an agricultural labourer, while Kate worked as a childminder for other women in the village who had other jobs where they had to go out. The Billings with eight children. Maybe. Are they called Billings? Billings, yes. Billings. Good work. Yes. So, But that, maybe Frances Billings is just staying inside with her eight children. I'm just going to recap. Billings. It's going to be well, important. We, do you want to do it like a quiz? We can <laughs> yeah. do it. Okay. Do it, quiz so us. Got Cottage one. Billings. Frances Billings, eight children, agricultural worker, husband, forgotten his name. James. Thank you. Okay. Fanny. Yeah. yeah, Fanny. Cottage two. Taylor. With Mary a y. Peter. Her. Yeah, and he makes shoes. Yes. But he sings. Yes, and waits tables. Okay, cottage three. Childminder. Billings. Not Billings. Not Billings. Not Billings. You founded at cottage three. Barry. Yes, well done, Barry. Names. Kate. Kate and Robert. And to be honest, you don't need to really worry about the no, children we at all. quite well and then we lost it. You can forget about the children. Okay, just six. Remember those Just remember six. the key six. Okay. Right. It was a busy little row, therefore. The three <laughs> row. The three. And in fact, it was even busier than we might first think. Rumour had it that various affairs and indiscretions were going on. What? Oh, what? Between the three? Fanny Billing and Peter Taylor were having an affair, and this was fairly common knowledge around the town. This is where they're next door to each other, so they can. Cottage one, cottage two. They don't even have to go through someone else's garden to do it. Maybe they had one of those doors. Mm. Well, listen to this. James Billing, Fanny's husband, had once caught them in the act 
in the shared privy of the cottages. Oh, oh come on, grim. Fanny. You're better than that. Mind you, she's got eight children. Who knows what she's better than that? <laughs> Life's hard when you've got eight children. That was me. So James Billing had caught them in the act an, a couple of times, in a fact. A couple of times? And once was in the privy. I think if you're catching them in the act a couple of times, that's when you say, please, can you go and live somewhere Just else? This. Well, I'll tell you what uh, James Billing did. He flew into a violent rage and gave Fanny a black eye and Peter a sound beating. Oh. Well, that's it's not all right to hit people, but no. you also... It's never okay. No. Fanny called the police and although James was taken away, she struggled to feed the eight children alone and he was soon brought back into the house. There were further rumours about Kate Frary, Cottage 3. She was also thought to be having an affair with a non-cottage-based fellow <laughs> called Mr Gridley. Mr Gridley. But very little is known about Mr Gridley. He sounds mysterious. He is mysterious. Griddle me this. <laughs> That's what the villagers were saying. <laughs> so, there you are. That's the setup. So now, obviously, you know someone's getting poisoned. Yes. Ooh, should we go? So who? who, like, based on what I've told you, well, who do you think is going to get poisoned and who do you think is going to do the poisoning? Well, I reckon Mary might want to poison her husband if her husband's having an affair and... Ooh, cottage too, Mary. Yeah, because, yes, he's might be making her some nice shoes but you don't need that many nice shoes i think he's just off at the pub and he's and he's having an affair and the woman next door isn't going to do it, is she because she needs the money that her, she's getting from her husband interesting interesting take so if she's got eight children and she can't look after them even if someone beats her she's willing to live with them i'm gonna go left field i think cottage three kate yeah kate frary who's she gonna poison no she's poisoned oh because she's also having an affair with the mysterious Mr. Grimley. Well, but who's done it? I don't know. Okay, so Katie, no you're there. saying you think Mary's going to poison Peter. Well, yeah, because my logic was if Peter's having the affair with yep. next door, yeah, next door's not going to do it because she needs the money from the agricultural worker who beats her and gives her black eyes, which I know is not okay, but is a reason why she wouldn't. Joe's gone for a no. It makes a non-logic. No, it makes or, no or is it one of those ones like no it's something sense. we haven't seen like. Kate's going to do it because, like, Mary's sheets are too white. Oh, wow. Mary, those white sheets. Oh, like, her shoes that are so fancy. Look at those. Very jealous. Latin leather. Latin leather? <laughs> Latin leather. It's supposed to be Italian leather. Peter, Peter in his finest from. Latin leather shoes. <laughs> his shoes are so Latin. <laughs> They're the talk of the town. <laughs> He's always flaunting them in the pub. Yeah. <laughs> 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 He sings while doing a handstand and kicking those shoes into your face. <laughs> Smell the leather, he says. Okay, so, Joe's, do you want a second try? <laughs> um, well, what's a more wild card option? The tailors... Well, I just don't see how Cottage 3 are part of the pickle. I see, because they're not in the arrangement. Yeah. Is Fair Mr enough. Grinwald the murderer? And I know he's not called that. Grinwald? Grinwald? Grimley? <laughs> Mr. Griddleworth, the mysterious yeah, killer. Griddleworth, and he just comes in and like gives them all dumplings. <laughs> and that's it. Mr. Griddleworth kills all six. He yeah. showers them with dumplings, <laughs> just hurling them, and see them all lying on the floor. <laughs> if he gets lucky, one's got an open mouth and it flies in. <laughs> As James Billing, in a violent rage, races towards Griddleworth, but he's shouting because he's so cross. Ah! And that—that's when the dumpling flies into his open maw, 
and, uh, that <laughs> and the eight him. children are all like clawing up the dumpling mountain. <laughs> they're so, so hungry. Yeah. They're just going to eat the poison dumplings. <laughs> the dumpling mountain. <laughs> With their dead bodies spinning. <laughs> the police come and open the door and just a thousand dumplings spill out. <laughs> oh dear. Uh, sorry. Oh, I fear the truth is somewhat uh, less exciting. Okay. Well, things took a dark turn one day towards the end of February. And we have to be serious because it's sad at the beginning. Okay, sorry. It's what? not fair when you do this. <laughs> it's not it's fair when like, you oh, make us laugh and then a hundred children have died <laughs> well, whilst a swan in a boat's gone past them. It's not a hundred children. You said forget about the children. Well, Is it all like, eight of them? Just, <laughs> just, oh, I'm the ones that are being child-minded by Kate. Kate Frary was looking after a local baby called Harriet Southgate. Harriet's mother, Elizabeth, worked on a farm, an agricultural labourer, as so many were in those days. I think you could have called them farmhands. I'm just telling you what I've read, and that's an agricultural (laughs) labourer. It was the 21st of February. Elizabeth received some distressing news. Someone raced out to tell her. Her child was terribly ill She went quickly to the third cottage of the row to find little Harriet screaming in apparent agony. She writhing. Very small, a small baby. And she also found that Robert Frary was also sick in bed, having already been ill apparently for a couple of weeks. She learned that Robert had been prescribed some pills by a doctor who blamed stomach inflammation for his sickness. So they thought maybe the little baby Harriet has picked up the same sickness. If I was Elizabeth, I'd be like, you could have told me your husband was yeah. ill in bed. I wouldn't have been dropping my child off in exactly. a house of, like, A house of contagion. sickness. A house of contagion. So, still at the cottage, Elizabeth gave baby Harriet some sugar water in the hopes this might somehow calm her tarm or I don't know. And she saw Kate feeding Robert Frary a sweetened gruel as well. So, gruel goes into Robert and sweetened sugar water goes into baby Harriet. But the sugar water was to no avail. A few hours later, the child died. Tragedy for Elizabeth Southgate. There was a brief investigation by a doctor, and this determined that she had died of natural causes. A visitation of God, unknown. They didn't cut her open. No, you don't cut open a baby. I suppose you can, but they didn't. they do these days, don't they? they... Probably. So that is the first death. Whoa. Where's Kate doing it? Well... Oh, because she wants to live with Mr. Griddleworth. Really not his name. (laughs) (laughs) The next day, the next day or soon after, the dates are a bit muddled. The next day or soon after, Kate Frary, Cottage 3, met with Fanny Billing, Cottage Cottage 1, and they walked the five or six miles to Wells next to the sea. Go and pick up some more arsenic. They were on their way to sea. (gasps) Oh, she's back. Hannah Um, Shorten. Oh, for a minute I thought she was called Tatty. (laughs) (laughs) Tatty Shorten. (laughs) They were on their way to see Hannah Shorten, the uh, local cunning woman. Kate Frary had a bit of a reputation for being superstitious and she was known to believe in witchcraft and fortune telling. So people weren't very surprised to learn that Kate Frary and Fanny Billing were going off to uh, visit Hannah Shorten. The next title says, Things Get Worse. The exact order of the events that follows is not clear. So different things I read, it all happens in a slightly different order. But the following things all happened fairly quickly. Hannah Shorten arrived in Burnham. Some say this was the day of baby Harriet Southgate's funeral. She had come to stay for a bit. With who? I'm not sure. I imagine an inn. 
something like that. Okay. I don't think she came to stay in the three cottages. Okay. Around the same time, Robert Frary's illness worsened and he died at the end of February. Oh dear. Also around the same sort of time, James Billing... Cottage one. Fanny's husband... Began oh. to get ill with stomach pains. They're doing it together, Fanny and Kate. You said he wouldn't go though, because yeah, because she the needs money. the money. What she, she thought it through. Once like again, if someone's hitting you, then you're gonna. She's got middle cottage man. Once yes. again, those in the area feared that cholera had struck yes. the village because there was still. It was a few years later after the main epidemic, but there were still concerns, of course, about cholera being around and so many being ill and these deaths in quick succession. People started to worry. It didn't end there. Oh, Next no. to suffer was Mary Taylor from the Middle Cottage. Oh. oh. She too was struck down oh, with but stomach I bet pains. Mr. Griddle thingy Bob's fine. And I bet There's to be honest, no mention ever again of Mr. Griddleworth. <laughs> He's not called that. <laughs> Mr. Gridley. <laughs> Mary Taylor began to suffer from stomach pains and these worsened into violent convulsions and soon after death. Who's gonna get her shoes? Is the Latin leather man a Latin lover? <laughs> A Latin lover. He's loving the ladies on either side. Oh, is he at it with all? But then, what's going to happen when they realise they're going to be throwing dumplings at each other? <laughs> it's a love cult. He's it's an absolute dumpling fest. <laughs> we haven't even heard about the dumplings yet. So now, who's, who's left alive? Well, who's died? Tiny Harriet Southgate. Yeah. Robert oh. Frary. Cottage three. And now Mary Taylor. Cottage two. two. So. This and is, someone's ill in Cottage One. And James Billing's ill. So this is three deaths within 13 days. This is a lot. All in the three houses in the same little row. A lot of threes. Yeah. It is the magic number. Burnham Market began to grow suspicious. For the third death, that of Mary Taylor, a post-mortem was ordered. Mm, good. Good, at last you're yeah. thinking. About time someone starts to address mm. the seriousness of this Whoever issue. was the local policeman should have really been better than Police this. officer. Police officer. Well, we'd be okay, lucky oh, yeah, in 1835. <laughs> the local coroner, Francis Church, sent Mary's stomach to be tested for arsenic. I've never He's... heard of this idea of just sending the stomach before, not the whole... The stomach's where you have your key evidence, I yeah, think. Yeah, well, I just, but like you said earlier, the idea of just testing the stomach is just, you know, it's oh, easy... here's a stomach. Tell it's me easier what's to what. transport a stomach a than a body. A stomach can go in a pot. Mm. A body cannot go in a pot. And I think, again, that the chemist did the stomach investigation. That same chemist? A different chemist now. This is the Burnham chemist. So two tests were done to see if there was arsenic in the stomach, just to be sure. One was using a solution of silver nitrate and ammonia, and the other was using a copper salt with ammonia. Both confirmed arsenic was present in the stomach of Mary Taylor. Cripes. Cripes. There's a killer on the loose. There is a killer on the loose. But what had they been eating, these people? Before taking sick, Mary had eaten some warmed up dumplings and gravy. Can we just talk about dumplings? Yeah. Because <laughs> I'm not clear what we're talking about okay, here. Okay, because you know what I've done tonight, subconsciously? You've talked about gyoza. No, I've oh. cooked dumplings for Elvis's dinner. <laughs> what? Well, I didn't really think it through. I just thought, what was I going to make? I had some chicken and I thought I might do sweet sad chicken. And then I've, there's this good BBC recipe we've had quite a few times. Spicy chicken arabiata stew with cheesy dumplings on the top. So, so what, I've just no. made him some dumplings. So that's like um like a, a bready sort of a it's dumpling. It's a bit like making a scone. Yeah. The butter and flour together, breadcrumbs. Chris is nodding. He's like, milk. Yeah, yeah. this is a dumpling milk, I recognise. grated cheese, and then you put it in the stew, and it, then it all yeah. goes in the oven, and they nice. get nice and puffy and delicious. 
Mm, it's really tasty. Poison. You should try the recipe. It's really good. But suddenly, when you started this, went, oh, yeah, I realised where I got the idea from dumplings from. <laughs> it was death by dumplings. Yes. So that's the kind of dumpling, Joe. That's what we're talking about. Yeah, not like a Chinese dumpling. No, well, I didn't think it was that, but... I think you can also do ones that are suety and go in, like, soups and stuff as well. Yeah, more of a ball. Yeah. I think the thing with dumplings, because I I have a book called The Secret Poisoner, which is about various cases of poisonings in Victorian Britain, and dumplings comes up more than once. And I think because you're stirring, it's things all stirring in together, isn't it? And you're using flour. Mm. So the presence of a white powder, if you like broke a bit of dumpling off and you saw a kind of a white substance in there, you wouldn't necessarily think that that was suspicious. You'd think, oh, that's like a bit of flour that hasn't mixed in properly. You know, so you want to be, and same with the cake, you want to be putting it into something where you can like stir it in yeah. to other ingredients. Because we all know you can't put it in the manchego. Not the manchego, no. And you can't just, you know, spread it on a bit of chicken. No. Like a delicious marinade. No. So dumplings, it, it must be. Right, dumplings. The coroner decreed she had been poisoned with arsenic by persons unknown. We'll get to the bottom of mm. it. What about the others who had died so recently? We know that Elizabeth Southgate saw Kate Frary feeding her husband gruel, sweetened with the same sugar that Elizabeth put into the water to try to soothe baby Harriet. Oh, no! no. Is oh, it God, really that's sugar? awful. She gave it's her own sugar. baby arsenic. Had poor Elizabeth inadvertently fed more poison into her baby? Oh, dear. That's really horrific. It's awful, isn't it? James Billing, Cottage One, was still ill. He grew suspicious when his wife Fanny offered him a dumpling, which he refused. Who'd had the dumplings before? Mary. Who's dead? Mary. Gosh, this is a tangled web. However, James Billing did later take some tea with his wife, but then, to his horror, saw a white substance at the bottom of the cup. She's just been blazing with it now. She's not even trying. That's just as scary as seeing that wizened um, plum rolling towards you (laughs) down the champagne flute. (laughs) That's how he felt when he saw the white substance at the bottom of the cup. He'd already drank it by then. He'd drunk the tea, exactly. But I feel like if you're suspicious and don't eat the dumpling, why then drink the tea? Yeah. James, you idiot. A man of little brain. Mm. I think we probably need to move on to our last drink. Mm. Okay. Is this eggnog again? Yes. Um, <laughs> well, no, it's not. I've asked everyone which cup they would want because... Then if we're poisoned, <gasps> it's our own fault. One of the cups, <gasps> one of the glasses contains a poisoned plum. Oh, what? my God! But everyone's drinks is opaque, so whose is it? Because I asked you what shape you wanted. A poisoned plum? Yes. A poisoned plum is in there. Oh, a brain, a brain, a brain. Not club. a brain this time. <laughs> Tell us about. Should we sip? Sip, Hang sip. On. sniff and sip. Mm. Ooh. And also, when I was saying to Chris earlier, should I go last? Oh my life! Because Chris knew it was a creamy drink, and let's face mm. it, the rule is one creamy drink a night, and Ooh. only at the end. I'm very bad at identifying whiskey. There's whiskey in it. Ooh. Yeah. I was going to say it's identified yeah. flavours nice. when it came to me. That is mm. really mm. nice. Has so, it got? Um, you know what's egg, better than it, I thought? It'd be has it got egg white? No. Me and Joe, for the first time, have put egg yolk in a cocktail. What? And egg yolk's in there. In, you've, in there. You've yoked us. Yep. <laughs> How do you feel about this, Chris? Chris hates eggs. But he's tasted it and he's okay. Did you like it first before you knew it was an egg? Then it's, then it's fine. It's like in cake. As long as you don't think about it being an egg, you're fine. So is it full egg or just yolk? 
Just yolk. Yolk, bourbon. Yep. Cream. Yep. A little bit of sugar syrup. And then I can tell you the last one if you want, because I'm not sure I, I wouldn't have got it. Let me have one more okay. sip. Is it just lemon juice or something like that? Ooh. No, it's... Well, I'm going to say it in my I don't do accents voice. Okay. Or languages. <laughs> it's liquor 43. But imagine that said in the voice of a Spanish person where 43 is in Spanish. What's 43 in Spanish? I don't know. No. Yeah. I'm not going to do it either. So, uh, Cuatro Tres sounds good. Okay. And, um, and it's, it's a yellow, uh, sweet, vanilla-y. And Ooh. I got the recipe from Difford's and it is called a Wisdom. A oh, wisdom, like so a wise that. woman, Hannah Shorten. That's it, because you told me to be a wise woman. So we, oh. I looked up wise wisdom cocktails, wise woman cocktails, and I found on Difford's that there was a wisdom cocktail. So that's where this has come from. But the extra thing is, someone has a poison plum in there. So. I'm a bit. I'm worried it's going to be me. I can see a shape, <laughs> but it might be an ice cube. There is ice in there. Yeah, I feel like it could be an ice cube, but it could. For the listener, the drink is opaque. That was that was my thinking. Yeah. If we had a creamy drink, that then we could have a. A poisoned... Yeah. Um, what I'll say is I really like the taste of it, but I'm, I find the situation in my mouth a bit strange. <laughs> the mouth feel. The mouth feel, if you experts. will. You're not, you're not keen on the mouth feel. I mean, it's sort of coating, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> There's an element of coating happening. Almost like you're painting your mouth <laughs> with the... Uh, but it the tastes substance. really I mean, it's, cold, it's cold, boozy custard. <laughs> It is. It's cold, boozy custard. Yeah. Tastes lovely. Well, I'm enjoying it. And oh. I'd say it's not like anything I've had before. Before I found the liquor, I can't remember what Chris said, Cuatro Tres. This is the worst pronunciation in the world ever. I apologise to all your Spanish listeners. They said the closest substitute you could get if you couldn't find it mm. was Tuaca. The oh, we used to drink in Brighton when tuaca. we were students. God, I haven't thought about no, Tuaca in years. I forgot it existed. I you oh, could only life. really get it in Brighton. Yeah. Have you heard of it, Chris? Oh, God. Brighton spirit for some reason. Mm. That's crazy. Yeah, I haven't thought about it. And when they said that was because I, I was having some problems yeah. finding it and they said that was a substitute and I was like, bloody hell. We're going to have to try and find some Tuaca. Yeah. The Tuaca mule with ginger yeah, beer. Yeah, and it was so kind good. of, but like not as strong as other alcohol. Is that correct? No, well, this one, this stuff is uh, 31%, which yeah. I thought was weird. A mid Z. Yeah, but I thought you get a lot of 20s, you get a lot of 40s. Stronger than port, but not as strong mm. as vodka. Mm, Tuaca. Classic mid Well, delicious. And someone will be awaiting the poisoned plum. Now, what do you think's going on here? So man one, cottage man one. James Billing. James Billing's just found a powdery substance in his In his tea. That he's having from his wife, who's having an affair and has got eight children and he's hit So you're saying Fanny Billing on the hook for murder. For for him. For him. I think she's working in cohesion. Cohesion? Cohesion. Cahoots. Thank you. With her friend, Kate, because if they go on trips together... Yes. They go buy arsenic together, they go see the wise woman together, mm. they're having a whole time, and they're like, this is really easy, let's just put arsenic in everyone's dumplings. I think it's that, but I think the added addition is the Latin lover. The Latin lover. The Latin lover. lover. Peter Taylor. Yeah. Mm. He's, he's in it too. He's the middleman, and then they're on either side and one, it's a... so you think one murderer per house in the in the row yeah. or is it like one of them started it fanny went i've got this really good plan and then all kate said i've got a really good plan and then she told the rest of them and then they started doing it and she's like no you're ruining it you're gonna get us like you're <laughs> you've gonna... gone too far yeah <laughs> i think it's a cult and what about hannah shorten hannah shorten yeah 
Well, she was because maybe she told everyone to do it. Bear in mind, this is the second. She's the link. Poisoning case Hannah Shorten's been involved with in a few She's years. She's the link. Gosh, that lady. That but then wise I don't want to always suspect the nice herb lady because yeah. otherwise that goes back to the witch We're back hunting. To the witches, haven't we? It's true, but it is strange. Or sometimes it is the witches. <laughs> Would you say it was strange? Well, I guess so. But the murder... She, and she's come mm. to stay, though. That's suspicious. Yeah. Why would you come to stay in the place mm. murders are happening that you've instigated? Yeah, that is well, weird, because what... Yes. I call that not very wise. <laughs> <laughs> but would you For call it cunning? <laughs> so, anyway, it's strange, I think, that Hannah Shorten has seen people who've gone on to poison just a few days before mm. the poisonings have taken that place. That does seem strange. Mm. And both arsenic, all yes. arsenic. Yes. Other poisons were available. It's true. <laughs> <laughs> yes. But yet they have used arsenic, both of them. James Billing <laughs> shared the suspicious dumpling, not the dumpling, he told about the dumpling. And he said to the police, I've found, I've had this tea and it's got this white, <laughs> white stuff in the bottom. This, it seems, was enough. At last, some arrests. Did they get it tested, though? They got it tested. There was arsenic. Oh, she was, it was. Fanny Billing, Kate Frary and Peter Taylor. Oh, the leather, the leather blubber. Were all taken in. Yes. One from each house on the row. Kate was charged with murdering her husband. I'm not sure about Harriet Southgate, the baby. I don't think mm-hmm. charges were brought... Fanny Billing was charged with attempting to kill her husband, James. And Peter Taylor was suspected of poisoning Mary. Yeah. Further evidence was gathered. It transpired that Hannah Shorten had gone with Kate and Fanny to buy arsenic. She just literally (gasps) From the local chemist. I mean, come on. And this is why witches have got a bad reputation. Yes. A search of Peter Taylor's house, house two, revealed arsenic on the premises, as did an examination of the suspicious dumpling oh. that Fanny had tried to feed her husband. So why have they kept the dumpling? Maybe James like, secreted it away and pops it in his of, pocket. I'll use that later. Yeah, this is going to be crucial evidence. At this point, they exhumed Robert Frary's body. Footage mm. three. And a rather belated post-mortem was carried out and this showed that his stomach too contained uh, arsenic. Mm. It's all over the shop. It's true. Now, the classic thing was brought out, we bought the arsenic to be rat poison. That's why we went to buy it. Peter said it was in my house because I was using it to poison rats. And you can't say that that's not true. But why is it in your dumplings? (laughs) But why is it in your dumplings? That's exactly the problem, Katie. Why is it in your dumplings? So things weren't looking good for the arrested trio. Fanny blamed Kate. She said this was all Kate's idea. Turncoat? Mm. While Kate and Peter denied everything. I mean, that seems... They should have blamed Fanny. Yeah. They denied everything. She's let them down. Yeah. She's now, the one who put it in the t- bloody tea where it was obvious in the first place. Yeah. She I, got reckless, didn't she? She ruined the system. I'd be blaming Fanny at this point. Or is it like strangers on a train and they've all Ooh, done they've each taken other's. on each other's murders. So someone else put the arsenic in the tea Brilliant. stupidly. They all just blindfolded themselves and threw arsenic. <laughs> threw dumplings oh, around. Oh, won't the know who's killing who. We'll just throw it in. Throw, <laughs> throw and stir, throw and stir. 
his fun, or not as it may be. <laughs> in the end, the charges against Peter as an accessory to murder were dropped. Why? They thought that the dumplings that Mary Taylor ate had been given to her by one of the other women. Oh. And because Peter, men don't cook. And that's true, actually. I think that's part of the reason. And poison was seen as a woman's Ooh. a woman's weapon. And we've talked about that before, how it's not true because ages ago we did Walter Horsford, the St. Neots poiser, and he was a man just poisoning everyone. But it was seen as a woman's weapon. And I think you're right, the fact that probably it was either Kate or Fanny who'd prepared those dumplings for Mary. A dumpling is a woman's weapon too. (laughs) (laughs) Those Amazonian women in the past, they were all throwing goyos at everyone. And it was Kate and Fanny who'd bought the arsenic... So they were implicated in that way. James had been directly given the poison dumpling and the tea with the poison in. And Kate had been seen Mm. feeding her husband the gruel, which which was then suspicious. He's covered his back. So Peter... Do you think it was him? Do you think he did all of it? He might be the cult leader, I think. He's singing to them. I'll bring you a pie. I'll make you some shoes. (laughs) Just kill these people. You've got nothing to lose i think i think i've got to but is the poison plum the shape of a sweet yes uh because what is it what's um, in there fish it out i don't want to touch it (laughs) (laughs) it looks slimy well i had to be honest i had less luck sourcing the plums than i think so it's actually another fruit but bear in mind is it a raisin (laughs) no it's if it's a raisin it's a damn big one i can't but it looks like it looks like it's the shape of one of those sweets where it's got a flat bottom and Would a dome. Would you all like one? It is... <laughs> bam, bam, bam! A Marks and Spencer's cherry liqueur chocolate. <laughs> oh. oh! Well, because I thought... Well, this puts a different complexion can, on things. <laughs> you can get plums and chocolate, but there were none available today, so we've got cherries and chocolate. Is there going to be a whole cherry in there? There's a whole cherry in there and booze oh. in there. Well, again, the complexion is changed once more. <laughs> but there is booze in there. I'll give it a... There's two things you like and one thing you don't like, so I think the odds are That's good. That's true. Chris, I won't give it a go because I've got one in my drink. <laughs> so in this nubbin... Is a cherry. Yes. The nu- mm. To clarify, the nubbin is a chocolate. <laughs> it's, it's dark chocolate, there's booze, but there is fruit. Chris is eating his. Did you go all in? Chris went he's all nod- in. He's got a big mouth. Yeah. He's nodding. Sounds, sounds good. <laughs> you can't go past him because the, <laughs> the booze is liquid. You can't go past him, Joe. <laughs> Joe tried to bite it in half like a melon. I took the top off mine. It worked quite well. Oh, then you can drink it out. <laughs> like a tiny cup. Blimey. Strong. Strong and a lot of liquid in there. How mm. much cherry? Mm. I lost that in the, the madness. <laughs> <laughs> the excitement of the bursting liquid. It's boozy. Mm. Can they sell those to children? Chris is shaking his head. I hope not. Well, he knows all to... about it. I you say it... no, because there's too much booze. I think it's like tiramisu, even the tiramisu are much But you couldn't get drunk on them. I suppose ball. that's not the point of why children can't have booze, is I it? think you'd be sick before you got drunk on them. But a child would eat, scoff those down. You know what children are mm. like. <laughs> Shall we return to the yes, case? Yes, sorry. Mm. So Peter, let go. I reckon he's the mastermind oh, after yeah. all. Not fired. The leather lover. The leather lover. The leather Latin lover. So Kate and Fanny now awaited trial. And is it for, so a murder, who's taking responsibility for the middle murder? Oh no, there's not. Yeah, cottage, it's a middle cottage one, woman in the middle. Dead. Cottage one's not dead. Cottage two and three are dead. So, so is it one each? I think that if I remember correctly, cottage three, Kate Frary, is being held accountable for the murder of her husband. Mm-hmm. 
Cottage One, Fanny, Fanny, is being charged with the attempted murder of her husband. Plus, I think she's getting the blame for the dumplings. Well, if she is sleeping she's with the man the dumpling in the toilet, lady. exactly, then... exactly. So, so she's being charged with, and the motive is she's having an affair with Peter Taylor. So she wants to kill Peter Taylor's wife. So they've got a link. Peter you. Taylor, the man in the toilet. The man in the toilet <laughs> singing while wearing leather shoes. The Latin leather lover. <laughs> now, they also stood trial at Norwich Castle. It's the place to be. Public opinion was very much against them. Everyone's cross with women all the time. Yeah. The case Ooh, had received dumplings. a huge Dumpling amount ladies. of press. Have, they, have people thrown dumplings at them in the street? <laughs> oh, I bet they have. They have. Partly there was so much interest because it was two women. Well, firstly, it was women. So that was, you know, there were women murderers, but much more commonly it was men the majority of the time. So that was an intrigue. The fact that it was two of them and they'd worked in cahoots was a further layer of intrigue. And then the kind of this, the whole three cottages mysteries and affairs and things had also caught the public attention it's like one of those carry on movies when everyone's going in everyone's room in the night in a hotel and they're all confused someone's in the privy oh Oh, you've gone in the privy you thought it was peter but it's robert frary from number three (laughs) oh and someone's got a big cat it's all horrible What happens at I think that's movies. how you're being served. Well, I don't know. It all blurs into one horrible thing that you can't look directly at because it's so cringy. Of course, as well, it was serial killing essentially because yeah. there were. It wasn't just one I mean, death; it could was several. Put a different spin on this, and it could be a bit Thelma and Louise. You know, maybe they're all. You know, that oh, man beat yeah. her. Yeah, she put off his tea, but she. You know, he punched her in the face. It's all true. We don't know much about Kate's husband, do we? She was having... I mean, Kate's not coming off as well. She was having an affair. With the griddle man. Yeah. Yeah, the griddle It was a packed courtroom. It wasn't the pub. This no, time it wasn't It the was pub. a packed courtroom. And they pleaded not guilty. They both pleaded not guilty. How did they think they could do that? They just I thought, gave also, it a I try. thought Fanny had confessed earlier. Or she blamed the others earlier. She blamed the others. She was like, no, no, no. But she's no, still no. saying it's happening. Yes, yeah, it was all them. It was all them. I didn't have anything to do with it. And the others denied all. However, it was a packed courtroom that heard the verdict of guilty. Mm. And they witnessed the death sentence being passed down. Yeah. As Chris pointed out once before, the judge donned his black cap yeah, to nice. hand down the death sentence. Now it's a handkerchief. Upon both women. Now a cap. Well, I thought the cap was the handkerchief. handkerchief. Between the two, they were held responsible for three deaths. The baby. In the eyes of the public. Yes. Mm. The baby was also. Three days after the trial, no dilly-dallying, they were hanged in front of Norwich Castle. Three days? They do it quick. They do it quick. They're efficient in Norwich. It was only because, if we think back to the first story, it was only... Because Mary Wright said she was pregnant, yeah, I guess. that it was delayed. But they, we see it. We've seen it with other cases. They basically, they're like, right, do the sentence, get the picture up. Yeah, mm. three days is kind of the limit. No unless, appeal. Unless the third day is a Sunday, in which case you get an extra day because they won't hang you on a Sunday. God's day. But usually that's the three days. So reports from the Times say that Kate wore a black silk dress and a morning cap. That sounds and, quite fancy for an agricultural worker's well. Brother. Well, we don't know how fancy, but silk, I suppose. What do you know? And Fanny wore a green gown and both ladies had to be helped mm. along the way. And Fanny was more stoic, but Kate especially was weak and had to be helped up onto the frame where the gallows was erected. 
as she was swooning. Of course, a gigantic crowd was there Mm. outside the castle to watch the event. Apparently, it was a largely female crowd. Oh. Mainly women had come to see the event. Gosh, so mean, aren't they, women? They must have been cross about the dead baby, I think. And the dumplings. Yeah, you know what? Yeah, you've put my dumplings in your repute and you're murdering <laughs> children. These are the things we do not like. After they were hung, the bodies were left for an hour oh. and then taken down. Death masks were made of the two, and these can now be seen in Norwich Castle Museum. Oh. And the bodies were buried in the castle as well, which was mm. customary. In the castle? Somewhere Gosh. in the castle. Not like, somewhere you know, like outside. out of town and like a, you know. No. Well, maybe it wasn't Somewhere on the castle on the pale. But here's something. In the crowd. Who was this in the crowd? The daughter of Mary from the first story. It was Peter Taylor. Oh. He had come to witness the hanging. And sing and sell shoes. And he apparently was expressing his great satisfaction that the two women were being hung for the murders they'd committed. But someone in the crowd recognised him and he was chased from the scene by a baying mob. Wow. Because <laughs> they thought he was also to Exactly. Mm. And then back in Burnham, he fled back to Burnham, but there was fury that he had escaped justice, or so the townspeople thought. They thought he was in on it. Further witnesses came forward over the next few months and eventually the case was reopened. The Latin lover? And Peter Taylor was tried for the murder of his wife Mary. Oh, wow. The following year, 1836. He was also found guilty and ultimately met the same fate as Fanny oh, and gosh. Kate. Because of public opinion? Well, more witnesses came forward. To say, what do you think they said? I don't know. I think you're right. It sounds like public opinion. You yeah. know, like the, the mood of everyone goes, oh, well, now I am remembering something suspicious, he said. Yeah, maybe. So if you think back to the three cottages, again, forget the children. We've got house three, Robert poisoned, Kate hanged. And, yeah. House two, Peter hanged. Mary dead. Mary poisoned, dead. House one, Fanny hanged. James Poison, but alive. James was the only survivor. Yeah, but he's looking after eight children on his own. (laughs) It's true. He's made a terrible choice there. (laughs) So James, out of the six, was the only only survivor. survivor. Yeah. What was happening? Explain the pickle to me. What was was (laughs) Kate Ferry doing? Kate Ferry just had enough of her husband. I guess so. She wanted a different scenario. Mr. Yeah. Grinwald. Mr. Griddleman. She maybe wanted to go off with Mr. Gridley. Who knows? Who or, knows? We don't know her motives. Is it the wise woman going to never Yes, the wise woman. Don't fancy your husband anymore. I've got a quick way to get rid of him. Was so, she still allowed to be wising about the place? Well, it's not an official position. So you can do what you like. I guess so. Um, Hannah Shorten was not called to testify at either trial. She should have been. Mm. But obviously there is this strange coincidence that she was to some extent implicated in both cases. And we might reasonably think she knew what would be the thing to do to get rid of an unwanted husband. I think it's funny that she came to Bar Burnham, though. Suspicious. To sort of watch it unfold, almost. Yeah, it's like that, isn't it? She knew that chaos was coming and she wanted to be there to see it. She enjoyed it. And Hannah Shorten was... She lived a fair while longer, so there was a census in 1851 and Hannah Shorten is recorded as being alive in Wells and being 80 years old. Gosh. In 1851, so... So she she was, you know... 
Still going, presumably still making charms and potions. Still Not linked with any further high-profile poisoning cases, but... Yeah, but how many wisdom. minor poisoning cases? Yeah. <laughs> because if you're Just not the small to, like, poisoning cases. You know, if you're not trying to murder your whole street, then maybe you get away with it. Yeah, they went big, didn't they? Yeah. They went really that, big. I, this is what I think. I think one of them started it and the other ones got in on it. And then they were like, you're ruining it. Because you've got to think with Mary Wright, the first case we looked at, if she hadn't been... So blatant about yeah. saying how much arsenic to kill a husband. To uh, and if she hadn't, <laughs> killed, her, if she hadn't killed her dad by mistake as well, yeah, she probably would have got, might away have got away with, with it. the first one. Yeah, should have been more careful about who ate that plum cake. Mm. But then the Burnham murders—they went absolutely over the top. I mean, putting in someone's tea is just lazy. <laughs> I guess by another... that point she was desperate. I'm not making you another tea. I'm I feel like she cake. would have been like, "Well, we've come this far. I just need to finish the job. Get it done." The terrible thing was she couldn't even finish the job. Yeah, James she, was the only one to survive. And she blew it. So that's the story of the North Norfolk poisonings in the 1830s. Well, And we only mentioned Alan three times. It's true, we did well. Indiana I, Jones got more mentions. <laughs> yeah, and he's not even from North Norfolk. <laughs> Imagine that would be a film worth seeing. <laughs> I don't have any further comments. I've said enough. Well, is it that normally when we're here, I know you don't always, but when we're here, there's normally a final message. You like day. to learn a lesson. Well, I think, mm. you know... Don't need the dumplings. Yeah, my message is... Elvis, don't need the dumplings, Casey's yes, yeah. you. I think the message is if you're going to poison people, at least go to a bit of effort. Don't just stick it in their tea, they'll notice. Okay. Don't be a blabbermouth. Yes. Consider who you trust. Sarah Hastings? No. Nope. That's your takeaway. Don't be a blabbermouth, okay. yeah. You're siding with the poisoners. Well, well, I suppose you both have. Mine was don't put arsenic in the tea. <laughs> Choose the better method. Well, thank you both. I enjoyed the drinks. Thank you, Matt. Despite the sinister presence of plums. <laughs> or not. Or not. Um, oh, no, mine did have a plum in it. Yeah. Yes, mine didn't. <laughs> and thank you, listeners. I hope you enjoyed these stories of the North Norfolk poisonings. And we will be back again before too long with more stories of horror, intrigue and strangeness from East Anglia. This has been Ruth is Stranger Than Fiction. Thank you and goodbye.